Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to the Whitetail Legacy Podcast. And we get the back view of him. And I mean, it's just a mega. 52 yards is a long shot. Uh, Magnum P.I. is what yeah. we named him. No idea. Just a magnet. Yeah, just a magnet. Come on, Cam Ashi. We, we said probably 150, mid 150. Yeah. Same Doe from the morning come out with that nine pointer. Here, here steps out this 90 inch eight pointer. Like, <laughs> yeah. Ah. I'm like, okay, well, there's still a buck back there, grunting. Yeah. And then I'll step like another 90 inch eight yeah. pointer. I'm like, oh, all right. Yeah. Bro. Yeah. Bro. Yeah. You're like, <laughs> I'm like, deer, right there. Yeah, like and he's 30 already yards. 30 yards. Yeah. He he was literally five yards from the base of the tree. Could have been had a buck down at 140 in the afternoon back there deep on public. Three does come out pretty early. It was like 245, 24 yard shot, sent the combat veteran. And I tell you what, man, dude, it just smoked. We always get so jacked up when the other person kills. It's just almost like we got it done. Yeah. And when you killed that doe, I was like, hell yeah, man. And we come down here to Missouri. My ass called me one more time. I'm like, is it a good buck? And he goes, yeah, real good, solid buck. I'm like, all right, boom. <laughs> and the deer just drops. Sure. Super special to me. Whitetail Legacy Podcast, bringing you back to the hunt and leaving a legacy. Baller rut. Welcome to the Whitetail Legacy Podcast, still coming in your ear holes and bringing some hardcore deer tactics to you. We got Justin Hollinsworth on, a legend. I I think he is. I mean, dude's killing multiple bucks October, you know, two weeks into season. He's already got a slammer down all <laughs> exactly. the time. And if he ain't getting it done then, he's coming back late season, killing him in the rut, killing him in multiple different states, uh, all bow kills, getting him close, hunting beds, hunting all different types and getting it done just repeatedly. So that's a legend. Yeah. We, uh, <laughs> we break down kind of a little bit of what he's looking for this time of year out there. But then, you know, we broke down his bread and butter, that, that MRI, that most recent information. And we are going to have him back on closer to season and really dive deep into the mobile trail cams and, uh, get an episode out there. Really fire you up about that. But we'll get into the people that make this possible. We'll get into the show. Homie, hit him with the suicide prevention hotline. Yeah, guys, um, it's going to be 1-800-273-8255. And uh, like I said, I just want to give a small shout-out to 
Katie Babs. Um, she is the lady or the radio host that I heard say this on radio show that I listened to. So, um, you know, huge respect for her trying to raise awareness. And I was like, you know, this is something that we should do. Um, cause she, she's totally right. She says, you know, people are out there that, um, need, need to help and need to, to talk to somebody. And, um, you know, you might just be the gateway to somebody getting help. So, um, you know, always be out there looking and, um, try to help somebody out if you see the opportunity to. For sure. And another thing I want to shout out, um, Illinois, right? If you're in Illinois right now, they got a 2000 burpee challenge going on in March here. Um, it's a suicide prevention just for veterans. So if you can look them up on Facebook, I joined up, I've been doing like 50 a day and Mm -hmm. dude, that's, that's pretty, that's, I've never done a lot of burpees. It's more than I thought. Yeah. It's like 67 a day I got to do. So right. it won't be too It, bad, it starts in March? Yeah, it starts in March. So if any one of the listeners, um, there's a lot of people you can donate to or you could do it yourself if you want to get some motivation. I just knew that like if I if I did it for veterans, I would have to – you got to do it. Oh, absolutely. Day. Like there's no way you can't do it. So that was like a almost like a mind trick that I did on myself. Like, there you go. Doing at least like 70 burpees every day now Yeah. You know, for March. But – you got Exodus trail cameras. Yeah, uh, still. It's, I just want to let you guys know, I still have my render out running. Um, Dude, the the temp on that the other day was negative twenty one. Was it? Yeah, I was like, damn. Still solid though. Still solid. I'm like, still that solid. Thing, that thing is frozen. So this is my first. Yeah, this is our first year um, having a render and running it in the coldest time of the year. So and we also have a lift two on video mode out there. So I'm interested to see. Yeah kind of what it how it performs exactly so um you know when when you have a warranty that exodus puts with their cameras you can do stuff like this yeah you can do dumb stuff you know so um add some of these into your fleet and be able to get the cameras out there like now we're looking for are these bucks shedding are Mm -hmm. you instead of just going out there aimlessly walking when 90 percent of your deer are still holding so um bro we need to get a mobile where i walk today because that's where i don't I tried to envision. Legendary. I tried to envision where you were at, but you, you know exactly where I was at. I couldn't. I'll tell I couldn't, you, I I couldn't pick there. it up. It, it, did you see? Did you see that? Yeah, that was insane. I I never seen that much. So the, I mean, we got like a foot of snow, and like there was where they're digging down. Like it was like seventy five yards wide and like a thousand yards. Yeah, long. it was long as shit. Yeah, insane, insane. It was like there wasn't a spot where there wasn't a deer track exactly. and seventy five yeah. yards wide. It was insane, but so we need to get a camera that you can get from ExodusOutdoorGear.com and put it right there. Yeah, <laughs> and they hit a scrape. There's a scrape open. There's up. a scrape opened up with yeah. pee in the snow. Solid, right? Remember where I had the scrape where we got a uh, pickle? Oh, yeah. So okay. we're on pickles okay. territory where okay. I got them on the scrape walking by that cedar tree scrape. Uh huh. Scrapes hit pee in the scrape. I'm like. What? I don't know shit about whitetails. It's, so it's that trail is going north and south. North and south along that field. What? But you know where we walk through the corn? Uh huh. It's it's all gone now. You know what I mean? They, okay. They yeah. chop it down. Yeah. But hella crows over there. So there's hella corn over there. But I didn't walk. That. So you know that's getting you, smoked. Yeah, you know that's getting smoked. So definitely <laughs> potential. I wow. was. I was trying to get a workout in and pick up the kids and, <laughs> right. and sneak it in. You yeah, know what I mean? So, yeah. Exactly. I walked it and I was like, "Damn, I got a this is a long, that's a long way. It's from the bottom parking lot where we parked to go in and all the way to the top where we parked to go in for the hunts in November on the north." Yeah. I walked that whole stretch and back in the snow. Oh god. Oh, okay. Yeah, like like a, very north. Oh, okay. I got you. Like a mile probably. Yeah. It was a mile and a half on my phone. And then phone back and pacing on pacer it was a mile and a half. Shit. So, yeah. That's a good rip. Yeah. All right. Uh Next level, I cannot wait to give Nate a hug. This is sweet. (laughs) I'll probably try to hug Scott, but I'll go right over his head. (laughs) You going to read the ad? Oh, you you started it, so I was like, oh, I'll just let him go. We're back in studio, guys. Yeah, we're back in studio. studio. It's a mess. So back to day one, basically. Day one. Um, Next level, guys, just like... Cody was saying there, uh, we're finally going to get to meet these guys. They're going to be at the Iowa Deer Classic. Uh, we're going to be there at the booth with them uh, Saturday. Their booth number is 111 and 113. They they got the big the big square off there. Yeah. So um, it's going to be the first weekend of March. Everybody knows it. So um, stop by. 
check them guys out, and um, they're a ton of fun. Yeah, we'll be up there uh, that Saturday hanging out. So, If you just want some overall basic knowledge of deer nutrition and bioavailability, vasodilators, all that, yeah, Nate and Scott are your guys to talk to. Go check them out. Uh, Last Breath TV. You know what I was thinking before we get into Last Breath? The people that are watching this, that that noise, they're all going to know what it is now. I, I did it like eight times. I, did I can't like wait eight, to show yeah. my mic. I did it like eight times last episode on accident because this mic kept going uh, like that. Yeah. So the people listening are probably like, what is that noise? And now they all know it's rubbing through my beard. <laughs> all right. Uh, yeah. Uh, last Breath TV. Yeah. yeah. So as we said in last week's episode that uh, they were going to be starting a new series called Shed Kings. They're... We got to watch that first episode of Garrett. Uh, he was talking about a shed that was from a 203-inch buck. And then mag. the following year was 205 when he got shot. Yeah. So um, that is a badass shed. Yeah, super epic. Um, they went through scoring it, talk about where he found it, and um, pretty cool deal. I can't they did wait. a really good job. Yeah, on I that, can't yeah. wait for more of these episodes. And um, they're going to be releasing voice, them. D- freaking crushed it. Yeah, I was, I was actually going to message her today about that. Yeah. Um, so going to be releasing these on Thursday nights at 7 on their YouTube channel. So um, be able to head over there and get it hot off the press. Yeah, if you guys are excited for shed hunting, this is something that I, you know, this awesome idea. It's I don't think it's ever been done. You know, no, talking, I don't think so. Talking about where you find these giant sheds. And it's going to be cool if there's some, you know, collations that, come together out of this yeah he found that in an open cornfield yeah and then some dude's like oh man i need to go check this spot oh <laughs> yeah I'm... everybody's got a spot you yeah. know like and, yeah and then boom they're you know i didn't check this spot but that one guy on shed kings mm-hmm. and then boom they freaking they find a giant how legendary that be but yeah, yeah you gotta check that on youtube um a lot more you know episodes coming from that i don't know how many they plan on doing but hopefully I, quite it, a few. it sounded like when we were up there with them it sounded like yeah. they had a shit ton so um, and make sure and check out their podcast, uh, the Huntcast, on Monday morning. Always coming out. They do the hunt versus, uh, hunter versus. Um, definitely a good topic. I actually thought of one today that they need to cover, or we need to do a podcast about it. I think it'd be good for the listeners, but can't give it away. Um, <laughs> all right, what do we got? Under warmer, um, guys. The the weather is finally starting to break just a touch here, but having this, if you. The guys out there ice fishing or anything like that would be awesome. I'm so tired of being cold. It's not even funny. Mm-hmm. You know what I really need it? I need it like the first 30 minutes when I get in my car and drive to work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You ain't got that remote. Yeah. I just, I don't got the remote smart. So uh, definitely would be nice. That's but, a nice sound effect you did there. Fade yeah, in, fade out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> my mic keeps rolling on me. I got to get the screwdriver out and do some maintenance. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Under Warmer, you can check them out at underwarmer.com. Basically, it is a fitted shirt with hand warmers in it. Going to keep your cord uh, temperature up. Um, not going to burn you, which is good. That's something I was worried about when I tried it. Um, uh, I just wore it with like a T-shirt and then it. So worked out pretty good. And uh, hearing a lot of good things about other guys on Last Breath that have them and trying them out. Mm-hmm. And uh, been around for a long time. So be excited. Just another product that I didn't know existed until... You know, it gets out there. So right. hopefully one of our listeners can take some value to it. So, all right. That's it, right? That is it. All right. Let's get into the show. It's a good one. All right, guys. We got Justin Hollinsworth on the line. How you doing tonight, man? Good. How are you guys? Doing great. Appreciate you coming on, spending some time with us. Uh, we've chatted right. quite a bit. It's nice to finally, you know, see you in person and get to chat a little bit more than a text message or Instagram message. <laughs> so. Yeah, yeah. No, I appreciate you guys having me on. I know this has been long overdue. We've been chatting. We've been, man, this is like probably three, four months of the yeah, making. Co- <laughs> we both got COVID on different times. Yeah, and yeah. You're like, I can't do it because I got COVID. And then a month later, I'm like, I can't do it because I got COVID. <laughs> so yeah. definitely uh, split flat back and forth there. But uh, just for, I mean, I know a lot of our listeners know who you are, but just do a brief introduction of, uh, you know, who you are and your hunting history. I mean, you can see your wall behind you. There's. You got a, a lot of racks back there. Be proud of. Um, Justin Hollinsworth, and uh, I've been um, probably like you guys. I've been I've been hunting ever since I was a kid, but I never got real serious until probably my mid twenties or so. 
um, into, into bow hunting. Um, just because I, I failed a lot at it early on and didn't have, uh, you know, things figured out, but, um, I, I think I killed, I probably killed my first Pope and young around, I don't know, probably 25, 26. Um, it took me a little while. Um, but, uh, um, I just bow hunt. Um, and, uh, and probably, well, as of right now, I think I've killed around 21, 22, uh, gross Pope and young deer with my bow. Um, I just, I don't gun hunt. I don't have anything against gun hunters. It's just, um, doesn't trip my trigger, so to speak. I like, uh, you know, I like that 15, 20 yards and, uh, you know, getting up close and personal and, and, um, and, uh, I, I help out with, uh, a show called white tail addictions. I'm a co-producer of that. And I also, so I run our staff for white tail addictions and I also run, um, staff for, uh, Loma custom gear. I've been friends with the uh, DeQuistos for, probably pushing 20 years now. And, um, and so a lot of my style of hunting is, is, is the way that Andre and and, and now Cody have, have been hunting, uh, for years. So, um, uh, you know, I just, I, I love the sport. I, you know, it's, I don't know what I would do without, uh, whitetail, uh, bow hunting in my life. Um, when we when we started Whitetail Addictions, well, that I fit right into that because I'm freaking addicted to Whitetails. <laughs> I just love them. Yeah, we were saying that just the other day on the way home. Like, if we didn't have Whitetails and families, like I don't know what there'd be absolutely nothing that that would. I'd have to get. I a, wouldn't be I, who I am. I have today. to get a race car or something. <laughs> dumb. Yeah. I, you have to do something with your time. And they're like, yeah. you can't hunt. I'd be like. Uh, I guess a Z71 Camaro is going to be in my garage. I'm gonna, finally going to be able to wear that denim jacket with, with some pride. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but uh, we want to have you on for MRI, most recent information. Um, that is like, you know, your go-to, how you hunt. But yep. being the time of year, um, a lot of people want to hear about, you know, some late season or some, you know, scouting in this time of year for next year. So, We'll just touch briefly on that, what you do, um, and uh, then we'll get into the MRI and how you break down these bucks. So this time of year, season's out, and a lot of our deer are still they're still, you know, packing their horns. Plus, we got a ton, we got a bunch of snow on the ground right now. Um, I I enjoy I enjoy getting out shed hunting, but this you know this time of year typically for me for the next couple months is a, is a lot of the time that I work on trying to get access to new properties um, because it's the winter months. There's a lot of people not going out and about. They're staying home. COVID's made that a little difficult too. Um, you throw that in there. Um, people are a little more, you know, hesitant to uh, want to come and talk to you or whatever, or, you know, or let you in or whatever. Um, I would say one of the things I probably try to do um, to gain access the most is um, is maybe work an angle of maybe some, you know I you know I I know somebody else that knows these people or um, you know you gotta with the crazy world that we live in you you gotta gain a trust with the landowner to you know even consider the idea of letting you you know, hunt, the, hunt their property. There might be a couple years or so of me just kind of stopping by and maybe, maybe I ask for permission to maybe run a camera or maybe just to, just to poke around and do a little shed hunt. I've, you know, not ask for permission to hunt at all, really not the bow hunt because sometimes people can get a little funny. Um, maybe they've had bad experiences before with other guys that used to hunt their ground or, or, uh, or whatever. But I, this time of year, that's really important to me when I, to get out and start to walk around, whether it's ground that I already have access to, or that I'm trying to get access to. Um, I don't get me wrong. I soak in, you know, the, you know, the beat down trails and the rubs and, and, and those types of things. And, you know, and, and the shed's just kind of like, uh, you know, uh, you know, just a little, 
prize, I guess, if you find one, but I don't put a lot of, I don't put a lot of stock. And if I find a big shed, that's awesome. I, you know, the one to the collection or whatever, but man, I've been, I found some big sheds thinking, Oh God, this is the year I'm going to be in there and all over the steer and never see the deer again. And, you know, so I don't put a ton of stock in that. Um, I just, I just experienced that last year on a deer found huge, huge set. I was all over this deer for two years and was all jacked up to hunting this year. And he never showed back up. Nothing, not one picture, nothing. And so, um, for me, it's more about just walking and learning the terrain, um, to try to figure out maybe what the wind might do in a certain spot, whether it might eddy an inside corner or, you know, um, into, you know, kind of a, you know, where two ridges meet or, or, or just try to, you know, maybe, you know, think about how thermals might work in a certain spot or something like that, just to have in the back of my head for later on. But I don't get too, I don't get too wrapped up in the postseason scouting um, as a lot of guys do. Um, it's, I just, I just, just trying to learn the terrain more than anything. That's something that I kind of want to touch base on is that you brought up is about the wind doing something in a certain area. Um, last year in the area that we were hunting Magnum, uh, we had a south wind there, but it would like come sweeping more westerly than it would be more south. There's giant cliff there. Um, you know, just a terrain feature that has the wind, you know, diverging a different way than you would think from what it says. And then also in the area that you killed freeze in, um, Mm -hmm. it was always like a southeast or a southwest. No matter what, no matter what it was, no matter what the wind, it was always coming southeast where I killed. So, I mean, there's two absolute megas that, um, have been in an area where the wind's doing something different than what you would normally think it would be. So that's something to um, that's something that we need to do better about is being mindful of when we do go out and scout or shed hunt or whatever. Just take a second, you know, look at what the wind says on the weather channel or whatever you use, and uh, yeah. note what it's doing in that area that you could potentially hunt. Yeah, because we went in there well, on him and and we're like, oh, we can't we can't set up here at all because yeah, it, it's it's ruined you know we actually bumped does and we were like they blew at us and they're like 200 yards away and there's no way and then we were, we were like oh the wind's blowing right at them so well and uh, there's so many good apps out there now too to where you know you can mark a spot and then put notes in there yeah, yeah. and then as season goes on and maybe you're playing the game with a particular deer and then you're like you know what maybe i should slip back in there and then you can pull that you know, pull that out on your phone and just kind of go through your notes and you're like, Oh yeah, you know what? That's what this was doing when it was blowing Southeast in there. Well, it was kind of, it was kind of curling back around and mm-hmm. doing this or whatever. And, and, um, and, and, and I, and I think one of it's, it's kind of touchy though. Cause sometimes you go in there, like you'll go in there postseason, and there's no foliage on. So it might do it then. But then when you go in there to hunt, you just got to kind of test it and mm-hmm. yeah. either you take, either you take the chance or you don't. And I've all, and, and it, I think that right there was like a changing point in my, in my hunting is when I just quit overthinking things sometimes as far as like going into something and just like yeah. doing this whole head game thing with yourself and thinking, Oh, I don't, you know, oh, I don't want to take a chance and this, oh, if I bump him and like, and and you just gotta um if if you don't take some chances you're not gonna kill some big deer that's just all there is to that's it. me 100 yeah. i i'm getting better but man i've i when you get on the lease like i had and you just got it figured out and you're like okay if i set in this area i might move stands a little bit but if i'm in this area eventually something's gonna come but when you're yeah. on a public piece or something new you can't just bank on be like, oh yeah, this is this is it, because someone might be hunting a hundred yards away from you the last three days, and you had no idea. So, I got to get better on there of just saying, all right, screw it, the wind isn't a hundred. You know, we're we're gonna hunt it anyways. Yeah, and another thing to yeah. think about is like if you're looking at pictures and you're looking at the wind and the speed and 
all of that. If, you know, the deer showing up on like, just say an east wind and you're like, well, there's no way I can hunt there on an east wind. But if that wind's doing something different there and that's the only time he's there, then an east wind's when you need to be there and you'll yeah. be golden. But when actually you, in reality, you think you need a west or a northwest, you know, but if it's doing something funky there, you know, that's a time you can come in and, and hopefully strike. Yeah, we had. Well, we, I, go ahead. And and not, and I've, I've said this on you know, I've talked about this before in other podcasts or whatever, but, you know, I've always said too, that, you know, um, you know, you got to get on sometimes and hunt that, just get on the, that edge wind, just where you're basically flirting with disaster. That's what I've always, that's what I've always referred it to because I mean, it's, I've had it work for me and I've had it become a complete freaking disaster too, and got busted, you know, by, the deer I was after or other deer that just forced that, that deer that I was after to not see. But when you can figure out those, that just that fine line of where you're giving him something comfortable enough to move into that spot um, during daylight hours, but you're just off of the edge. um, When you can find some sweet spots like that, man, they're just, it's like taking candy from the baby because they're just, they, they stroll in there like, they don't have a care in the world and you're, I mean, and you're sitting there waiting for them. Yeah. I've had actually some pretty good success hunting on that quartering when, you know, really, really pushing the envelope in the rut when the, you know, the time's right to kind of be more aggressive. And, um, just like you said, it can pay off huge. But I use that when probably in early season more than I do anything. That's when to me, that's, uh, that's my bread and butter. The yeah. first two weeks yeah, of no, season. We were just talking about, you know, and having you on and to have a buck down that early, you're mm-hmm. just like, yes. And I've been there twice in the last, what, six years. And you're just like, man, it just, we're a two buck state. So you got a solid one down. You're like, yes, this is really nice. <laughs> and, yeah. and then the last, you know, three, four years, we've really struggled to get on bucks. Uh, this year, we were so like this is the year of close calls because we were like i missed one by like 25 minutes you missed one by like 150 yards i mean it's just we were just right there and then the we, encounters we had we had that buck on that scrape and then the yeah. next night we lost the property yeah we had oh we had oh yeah we lost our oh. main lease uh we we had a buck hitting a scrape every <laughs> night stupid the, oh. real like a 150 mid 150 class 10 pointer giant brows beautiful <laughs> high tight rack and we were literally like all right tomorrow's a cold front tomorrow's we're gonna go a cold in. front first cold front we know exactly where this deer bedding he's doing the bet that same in and out path every freaking night about 25 minutes after dark yeah, yeah. let's go you know, and, and then the day I went out there to pull a cam way north of there to see if anything was funky, uh, we got kicked off. He was getting ready to go hunt that night, <laughs> yeah. and then oh. we got kicked off the piece. <laughs> but it's just that's, it was, that's painful. Ooh. That was like a hundred and eighty acre gem of late season goodness. Goose hunters, goose hunters, and farmers. Goose hunters will get you every time around here, man. I got too many goose. Really? I, nothing against goose hunters. You guys are savages on the land. I tell you that right now. You guys out there scooping, scooping it up. So, but all right. So let's get into the the main uh, bread and butter of why I wanted to have you on. So you're you're the king, in my opinion, of you know early October killing off of the most recent information. You know, getting the the mobile picks and going in there and getting it done. So, kind of break down your strategy um, of how you how you go about it and then once you kind of get to where you feel you've covered it good enough kind of go ahead and share a story where it's all come together and you've got it done so um for me i get really serious with i i I love trail cameras i know some guys they don't, don't like them whatever some guys like to sell cams and, and I do, I, I love to sell cams just because I'm just a busy dude, you know, got a family and, and, uh, work a lot. And, you know, I just always have a, a, you know, a lot of things going on. So, um, I try to get out in June, get some cameras set up. Um, I probably got, I don't know, maybe eight or 10 different spots that, that I hunt here. 
And then I have um, a lease with some, some guys out in Illinois. And um, so I like to get out, get these cameras set and then just basically acquire my targets. Okay. These are my, and I don't, now if I had like a 180 or 200 kind of class deer or something like that, yeah, maybe I would say, okay, that's the one deer that I'm hunting because here in Ohio, it's a one buck state. Yeah. So once you get one down, I mean, you're, that's it. You're done. So, um, I usually try to get two or three that I'm, that I'm interested in. And then I just keep tabs on them throughout the whole summer. And, and I basically, as it gets closer to that time that they're going to, you know, as one of my friends calls it, once they rub the dumb off, meaning <laughs> rub the velvet off I because like it's like they're yeah. I, I I know he said it one time and I was like, Dude, yep. I love that. I <laughs> yeah. Everybody said that before. Yeah. And so I, I'm not taking credit to that, but that's that's his saying, and he's 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 been saying it for years. But once they rub that dumb off, they become a completely different animal. Sometimes they dif- disappear, oh, and yeah. sometimes they they move out of that spot and move back into whatever other core area they got or whatever. So I'm just trying to figure out, okay, who's staying around? Who who does I who do I ha- actually have a legit chance? of getting a, a crack at, because to me, I go at it hard right up the get go. And, and last year I had three good bucks that I knew of, and that's what I was going to go after. And I had one particular deer that was, I'd passed him up last year and I passed him up. It was like the first week of season last year. And I passed him up on video and I remember I sent the video to, to, to Heath that night and I said, I don't know, maybe I screwed up. <laughs> He's a pretty good one. I said, check this out. He goes, nah. He goes, I think, I think you did the right thing. So I was like, okay. And I thought he was probably right around 160. And and I picked up his shed um during shed season. And he was like, he would have been right around 158, 157, 158, somewhere around there. So I just figured he was going to blow up. And, and this year um, I had, a, I had a plot over there and basically I, the only reason I had this plot was just for this deer. I mean, that, that was the whole reason. And I was just waiting for particular wind to hunt that deer out of. And he just got, the other two were just kind of real nocturnal. I wasn't, you know, getting a, I get a picture here and there of them and they just weren't real active. And I'm just not one to just sit around and say, well, I'll just wait on them to get active when I've passed up an opportunity over here to kill a really good deer, you know? So that's what I did. I just waited till he got red hot in there, uh, based off those, you know, that MRI, that, that, that information I was getting from those cameras and, um, I went in there, um, the very first night and shot that buck, um, when he got hot in there. But, you know, a lot of times in that early season, you know, I'll set back and I'll try to wait a little bit for some things that, you know, things that develop on the cameras, but I also try to get maybe, you know, like a certain wind and, in, in, in my favor. And I'm a big believer in the moon. And if, you know, if I can get a, if I can get like those four or five days leading into that full moon for an evening hunt, because I, I definitely prefer to hunt evenings, um, in the early season, um, just because of the, just getting in and out and stuff like that and just bumping them or whatever. But I've, 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 I've killed big, you know, I've killed some good ones too in the morning and, and early season but that's just because I was tight up against their bed. But, um, and that deer just got, he just, you know, I could see this whole thing starting to develop and he was getting, he was getting earlier on that plot because that moon was, was forcing him to do that. And I just felt like, okay, now's the time. And I went in there and shot him the first night and he was like the low one seventies, just a nice, big, big, clean 10. Nice. I really like the idea. And this is, I think, something that we really fail on is we kind of get suckered into going after maybe one area where we know there's a lot of deer and, uh, you know, two or three shooters. 
we put all of our baskets in there, you know, or all of our eggs in that basket. And, you know, there's one giant in there we're after, but there's also two or three solid bucks we'd kill. But with you, you're, you're on, you know, eight or nine different pieces and you're trying to pick two or three, four different bucks. And then you're waiting for them to show you something. I feel like our mobile cams are all kind of in the same area besides the one we run on private, you know what I mean? And, Mm. We don't expect to get some new buck to do something completely off the wall. You know, we kind of know what the bucks are there. But if we had, if you had three or four, five, six places you can hunt, spread your cameras out, and you can, this buck over here is flirting with danger, and these guys over here that you want to hunt potentially aren't really working. I mean, it's. Well, I think our mobiles were pretty spaced out at the beginning of last year. In the summer, yeah, yeah. they were, but once yeah. season... Well, then when we lost that, then yeah, was... well, yeah, we lost the piece, so we pulled. Yeah, we I pulled mean... that, but yeah, there were there was two. We what we run seven mobiles. Uh, yeah. So yeah, se- seven mobiles, and we, I wish we had fifteen of them. To be honest <laughs> with you, we had we had two right, and then we had four, and then we we're like seven would be yeah, plenty. Seven, yeah. Nope. You get seven, you're like, oh, I had. Aww. wish I had 12. Yeah. You get 12, you're like, ah, 20 don't sound yeah, bad. Yeah. And then you're like, the mobile data pan, you're yeah. like, yeah, this is more expensive than my phone bill. <laughs> it's getting, getting up there, but <clears throat> I like There's that idea of having get, a bunch of targets. There, well, and I always look at it like this, too. Like, the perfect, the perfect situation to me is, like, is I hate when, I'll be honest, I hate when I got three shooters on one place. Like, yeah, you think, okay, that's increases your odds or whatever, but I would rather just have, I would have, I'd rather have one on three different places. Yeah. So I can mix it up and not, okay, I can go over there and maybe the steer's hot right now. And I, maybe I hunted him for a little bit and maybe he's, you know, now all of a sudden he's cooled down because maybe I tip my hat to him or whatever. Then I can slide in and get off of him for a little bit, maybe get on another one and hunt him a little bit too. And then that way, you know, it gives me an opportunity just not to burn up all those places and just kind of bounce around until, you know, until I get the situation that, you know, that I'm really, really looking for. Um, I did that a couple of years ago. I was on a deer that um, I went in and hunted the deer, hunted him two days in a row. And um, I seen him the first night and I had a doe and then two fawns come, you know, they just, they want to come right underneath me and hang out. The doe got, you know, spooked and she took off. He didn't like it and he left. And I came back in the very next night and I needed an east wind to go in there to hunt that deer. And he was like, it was almost like, because what happened the night before, um, he didn't, I could tell he just didn't feel comfortable, like coming over where in that area where where i was at now and i didn't have a lot of room to to roam because it was just a really small five acre piece yeah so i didn't have you know a whole lot of options to 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 do much bouncing to be able to get in, in position and then like the very but at that same time another deer um on another farm he started kind of just get like every day was getting a little bit earlier 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 and I got a good win. I was like, you know what? I'm going to go in there and hunt. I'm not, you know, it, I can get out of there. Even if he comes out, I can still get out of there clean because of the access and the wind that I have in that place. And I went over there and, and then ended up killing that deer. So then I never hunted that deer. The other one that I was after again until the, and then the following year I went back in and then I killed him the following year. seems like it's kind of a, like a going thing where, a guy either has one giant piece or like eight smaller pieces. And that's the guys yeah. that are successful. There's either one guy who has one mega piece that he works on, or there's the guys that have, you know, eight or nine pieces that are smaller and they can bounce around and zigzag. And that's what we used to have, but we just keep losing. We lose, keep losing stuff. And it's this year it's, we're getting, we're getting something. I don't care <laughs> if it's a ditch somewhere. <laughs> with you know, if it's three trees in a pond, yeah, yeah, yeah I'll hunt it. Right. I'll check it out. Let me put a camera out there. <laughs> See what we Dude, got. You know what? I, I'll I'll tell you this. I if if somebody's willing to give me access to a piece, I'm at least running the camera on yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I've been down this. Well, I I had a neighbor a few years back 
not a hunter. His dad had a, his dad had a small piece over there and he was like, man, my dad's got all kinds of deer back there and this and that or whatever. And I was chasing some other deer and just, and he goes, man, I'd like to put a camera back there. I was like, well, here, here's one of my, take one of my cameras. And, and he, I said, set it back there. And he's like, okay. And he sets it back there. And, and I got busy hunting throughout the year and just never, and just basically completely forgot about it. And then he says to me, he goes, Hey, I took that camera down. He goes, there's some pretty good, there were some pretty good bucks on there. And I said, Oh, okay. Yeah. And so he gives me back the camera and I open this thing up and look at it. There's like a 220 inch freaking oh, monster oh, on it. I mean, <laughs> giant. That's a pretty good deer back there. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, I shit when I saw when I opened up that and I looked, I walked right back over there. I said, Man, you didn't tell me that kind of deer was in there. He yeah. said, He's like, Well, yeah, I'm not a hunter, man. I don't, you know, I don't know. Yeah. That a, he's like, it looked huge to me. Um, but I he's like, I see the bucks that you bring home and they look they look pretty big to me. I'm like, I'm not killing stuff like that, man. Yeah. There's, <laughs> like, there's always like, that like buffer. A, You're like, I don't know. You always hear the old lady be like, oh, I've seen a big one down the road. Had one of those times that goes down. And I'm like, this is so rare, you know, rare of a tree. Yeah. I hear it all the time. You're like, do I believe this guy? But probably 90% of the time, they actually did see something giant back there. And we're just like, lady, that's a ditch with two locust trees in it. <laughs> there ain't nothing out there, but. you, Hey, you got to use those leads, you know. Yeah. It's worth looking into. Yeah, yeah, it's worth just taking a peek for sure. So we got a lot I, of we got down, a lot of leads. This I've been year. down. I've been down that road of like, oh man, I got a huge buck been hanging out. And yeah, you you can hunt anytime you want. You go over there, and you know it's like it's like a hundred inch deer. Yeah, man. a basket eight. You know, like, and I you know no, I don't say that to him or whatever. Yeah. I was like, oh yeah, he's a nice buck, but I just you know yeah. never go over there to hunt him or whatever. But I've also been. I've also heard those stories before where guys are like, man, there's a giant buck been hanging out behind the house, this and that. And then you drive over there in, a, in the evening and in, in the summer and, and check his bean field and you're like, holy shit. Yeah. Yeah. I got That's, a landowner who's like this with turkeys. He's like, oh, he's just a big old dude. I'm like, all the turkeys are like the same, man. Like 23 to 25 pounds. And, I mean, not not much size difference Yeah, there. I've seen him like 150. No. He looked thick yeah, as hell. I know. <laughs> oh, man, he's the biggest turkey I've ever seen. I'm like, how big can it really be here? Got a bunch That's of 30 funny. pounders I, out yeah, there. Yeah, I was like, what? <laughs> So, um, one thing you had talked about is, you know, kind of burning, talking about burning up a spot. Um, you know, you kind of wait for a deer to show you some sort of pattern or, you know, at least let it, let you know that he's in the area. And then you go in there and you throw a couple hunts and, and it's almost like, that's almost the worst feeling is like the last 10 minutes of a hunt or so. And you haven't had any action really. And you just can kind of feel that you're burning that spot up and, you know, that, that's a terrible feeling. And then. I had a couple of years ago, I had a buck that I was after and he was kind of giving me the slip and, uh, I kind of felt like I was in this same exact situation. And then two times I kind of felt like that throughout the year. And then lo and behold, both times the next morning after I do an evening hunt and I kind of got that feeling the next morning he would daylight Sunday evening after shotgun was over here in Illinois, second season daylight. I'm like, <laughs> Huh. After 18 people were out there just gangbanging the whole weekend, you know, and the neighbors, I mean, it was war zone out there, daylight. I'm like, come on, man. Yeah. Of course, I had the day off. He yeah. was just kind of recoup for work and shit. And then daylight on camp. I'm like. We had the same thing happen. We'd be trying to kill this buck called Chaos. I think he's like five or six for sure. He's just like a mid-140s eight-pointer. And we were just like, all right, we're going to kill him. You know, he's mature, three years. We hunted, we hunted that stand all all day during shotgun season. Yeah, you know, just sitting there, sitting there, sitting there, and then the day after shotgun season, two hours in the daylight, he's forty yards on cam on the mobile cam. I'm like, you mug! I sat there for three days waiting. <laughs> you know, not including the other hunts, but it, it just and so and don't you think sometimes you, you know how many times have you had a gut feeling? about something and yeah. didn't react to the gut feeling and and then the deer that you were after is on that camera at daylight hours i think 
you got to follow those those hunches, those those gut feelings, and multiple you, times, I, I, yeah, multiple times I, last year. It's, ha- felt it's like happened that. to me yeah. too. Yeah, I would say, and, and that's something we've talked about. You know, just keying in on more because I mean, over the last three, four years that we've been hunting together, you're like, well, if we would have just went with our gut, and then here these last couple years we've done that, and I mean, we've had more encounters. Yeah, we've had more. You encounters. know, so um, it, it, that's what I just like call kind of like the hunter instinct. Like you just got a feeling, you don't know why, but you just you yeah. just need to get your ass over there. Well, you know when we we're you know, talking about MRI too, you know, like to me, like, you know, we're talking about the postseason and stuff like that, but you know, once you get into season, that's when, you know, yeah, that your scouting is, I mean, the scouting is everything at that point. That's why, you know, I I can tell you this, that, you know, years ago when, you know, I got introduced to, you know, uh, to, Andre and then the whole mobile, you know, he's kind of the OG of mobile hunting really. And when I got introduced to that style of hunting, I can tell you, like I went from, you know, having a few encounters, maybe an opportunity, maybe killing a buck here and there to um, when I started getting mobile and hunting and, you know, scouting and finding the freshest sign to get on and hanging and hunting I mean, I was just like, that's when it all changed for me. That's when I went from, you know, killing a good buck maybe every three years to killing uh, a good buck everywhere uh, or every year. And sometimes, you know, two in multiple, you know, in multiple states, just because I got so many more opportunities and, you know, did I, did I miss one along the way? Yes. And they still haunt me in my dreams. And did I wound one along the way? Yeah, sure. I mean, that's just part of it. Anybody that ever says that they've, they've never wounded one, uh, bow hunting well, they just, they haven't been at it long enough. It's going to happen to everybody. Um, or you're going to miss one or, or whatever it stinks. It's part of it. But those, you know, those, you know, hunting that freshest sign and being able to understand, um, being able to tell the difference between fresh sign and just sign, you know? Um, Cause I think a lot of times guys hunt old sign. Yeah. We struggle and, with that. We're, you know, we try to be upright and honest on this podcast and that's something that we struggle on quite a bit. It's like, okay, really good sign looks fresh, but there's always that thing like, okay, is this, you got to break down the area. Is this like nocturnal sign? You know, was this, there was a hot doe in here two or three days ago and they made some sign. So it's really hard for us to go in there and be like, all right, this is, you know, this is today's sign. Yeah. This is something we need to set up on. Yeah. So we're always like really trying to break that down. And I feel like we just haven't hunted that style long enough to go in there and hunt that sign and then having the encounters to back up like, okay, this was hot sign. We seen it happen we had the encounter where now we're doing it and we're having a few encounters, but we're hunting sign. We're like, okay, we didn't have an encounter. We're going to chalk this up as, you know, maybe this is an old sign, you know, and try to break it down. But that's something we're trying to work on, on our game because before we were just the last two years, we kind of went mobile and mm-hmm. been on public a lot more because of land restriction. Like I said, once you have a lease and you kind of have it figured out and you don't mess it up and, other factors don't bother the deer the deer are there but when you gotta you gotta go in there and make make stuff happen that's when i think a guy has it's just like you say it goes back to that instinct where a guy walks in there and he goes okay this shit's on fire i gotta set up yeah we're not we don't have yep. that instinct yet to say this shit is really good we need to set up we're always like man we probably need to go over that ridge we need to go 100 yards deeper and that's where we're our skill. Tr- I feel like our skill is at right now. Yeah, we were actually making a midday move last year on vacation, and we come across some really, I mean, look, yeah. really good best, looking sign. Best sign I've ever seen. And really, like, I mean, we had like a ten minute conversation about what the hell we were gonna do because we're like, you know, we had a plan where we had encounters about four hundred yards away, but we were just set up about eighty yards, and we didn't see anything all morning, and we're like. You know, it could be better in the evening here if, if, you know, for the sign. 
And we're like, you know, do you go back to just where you were? You just tore all your stands down and shit, loaded up, and now you're on the jaunt to the new spot for the evening, and you come across something, and just like Cody was saying, the, the, I don't know, the uptake of that information is not there for us yet to be like, yeah, yeah, just go back to where you were. And ultimately, we did make the move and yeah. um, didn't see anything up there. But we went back to where we had an encounter with some bucks, you know, and didn't end up seeing anything. And then then you feel like a dumbass because you're like, man, I had all that sign down there and we yeah. just left it. We were hunting a brand new area that we'd never been into, just on a map going there and, and hunt. So it's, like I said, that's where we're lacking on the freshest sign. And, and I... Th- I think too that um, I used to be I used to be like really ner- you know really cautious of this because you know just of all the stuff that was out there for years they didn't have all these you know like God I wish they had all these podcasts back in the day when I was first like you know got rolling into yeah. this or whatever it would have been a huge learning curve you know mm-hmm. um, but you know uh, of just moving deer around like you know like not being worried about like bumping deer like i don't worry that much about bumping deer honestly i don't really give a shit if i bump any deer i'm going in there and like if i got to move some deer around to to get that information that i need then so be it and and you know what and and if it was a good deer he's going to come right back in there anyways because he just slipped out and he never got hurt you know he never got his you know you know I'm, uh, you know uh my buddy Andre has talked about this for years. I mean, you know, you bumped him out of there, you shirt up a spot and he knows that he can escape, uh, from that, that location. And he's gonna, he's gonna come back. I mean, he's, he's proven that tactic on video on some world-class deer. And, um, and, and I've used that for a long time now. And it's, I mean, it's held true. I mean, they bed in certain locations because they know how to escape from danger. And it's just not us, you know, it's, it could be, you know, bobcats or coyotes or whatever it might be. I mean, they're, you know, they got predators after them all the time. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we're um, definitely, we're definitely marking down, you know, we jump a buck out of a bed when we're kind of moving stands or scouting somewhere back in the day. I'm, I'm always feeling like, man, I messed up and yeah, I'm like, God, yeah, you know, and yeah. Now it's like, okay, <clears throat> jot that down. And we got a couple spots, like, you know, the one where we jumped right past that hot sign where we jumped that buck. It's just like oh, yeah. the most primo buck bedding spot you've seen in your life. When you see a buck bedding there, it makes sense. You're like, well, yeah, a buck's in a bed there. We, we looked yeah. at that. I'd be like, yeah. that's a really good spot to, <laughs> yeah. for a buck to bed. And then, boom, there's a you know a real nice buck. And then we're like, okay, well, maybe I should listen. You know, there there comes a time where you're like, I got this, I listen to people talk, and I go out there, but I think I know what I'm talking about, but I haven't seen the shit happen firsthand for me, so I just don't have mm-hmm. the confidence to go in there you know, and, and do that. I feel like a lot of people listen to it, they go in there, and if they don't have a good hunt, then they're like, oh, this is bullshit, this don't work, but it's just, it's not like that. you got to burn some spots. Yeah, it's almost like they just like try to force it to happen because yeah. they've seen it or heard about but, it or, you know. Yeah. I mean, that flat bed that you found could be, you know, it could use that four times a year. You you don't know, but if you jump one out of there, you're like, okay, there's been a buck in this bed, so if another buck comes in here, he's going to feel comfortable bedding there. And now we got that spot in our mind, like, okay, we get in there in the morning, we got a damn good chance to I feel like running into something solid with all that sign there, the ag up there coming off the ag. I mean, with no, I mean, oh, there's a really fine. good spot. Yeah, we just go south a little bit. Yeah, yeah, set up there in that little pinch. It's like where the creek came out, and then there's like an 80 foot cliff, cliff, and then that cliff runs like 200 yards, and there's only like a 40, 50 yard gap we can get up to this flat, and then the fields maybe 150 yards away. And they're just right on that flat, right on that cliff. It's, it's perfect, you know. And in your mind, you're like, yeah, that's that's perfect. But you don't think until it, me, I don't think I need to hunt that until I see, like, I get slapped in the face. Like, here, look, this is correct. That's that's what I need. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. I need a road and map. I, and I, I think it's all you know, situational too. It's all you know, what time of year it is, and you know, I. You know, sometimes, you know, early season, a lot of times I like letting some things develop a little bit. Um, a lot of times I don't, 
just depending I, you know, on the property itself. If I got some room to roam, maybe I'm a little more aggressive. If I don't have a whole lot, lot of room, then maybe I, you know, just kind of, you know, work the edges a little bit and, you know, try to kill them out there or whatever. Um, but as October goes on and we're starting to get into late October, then I, you know, that's when I know that I got to kind of change things up. You know, I go from, um, you know, hunting at the right times and trying to work my way in. And then as you get to late October, it's like, okay, now this deer could be God knows who, you know, God knows where, um, you know, once a doe comes in or whatever, and he could just start, you know, doing his travels. And then I, you know, then I'm going to, you know, and the rut's really frustrating to me. Um, I don't, I mean, don't get me wrong. I've shot bucks in in November and uh, I've killed some, I've killed some nice deer then, but uh, most of my, most of my bucks have either come early season or late season. And just because I, I, you can actually patter them, you know, you can actually figure out what they're doing. And the rut's a crapshoot. The rut, uh, the rut pisses me off half the time because you're after one particular deer and he's like, Oh, there he is over there. He came out over here. So then I make a move and then he comes out over there. And then it's like, you're just, it's, it's a crapshoot. Um, I had a big deer that I was hunting a few years ago and it was during the rut and it was, it was a blast that week, but it was also so frustrating because the first time I seen the deer, he comes out at 80 yards and just was bumping does all over the place and everything else. And, and literally went right down to a point where I was going to hang a set. Instead, I hung my set down on, a, on another side. Then the next morning I went and jumped and jumped in on him and he cut and then he comes out on another side, you know, pushing a doe. Then he pushed a doe down into this one corner. Well, then the next morning I slid, I slid back in. And I mean, we're talking, I mean, he's probably 180 inch typical, just a big five by five. And I, I, I didn't want to press down there because I felt like he was probably with that doe bedded down there. And I had two, I had two small bucks and they dumped down in there first thing in the morning. And I was just sitting there thinking to myself, I'm like, I wonder if he's in there with that doe right now. Well, it was like probably 10 seconds later, the doe bust out, the two small bucks bust out and here he comes running after them. And they're just running, just going crazy, running all over the place. They dumped down and then it all got quiet for 10 minutes. And then all of a sudden I look off to my right and here comes that doe. And she comes busting out of there. Here comes those two small bucks. And I mean, they run by it like 15 yards and I know he's coming. So I just draw and here he comes and he comes running out there and I could not get that deer stopped for nothing. I mean, I, I yelled at him, Hey, Hey, nothing. Couldn't, I mean, everything I could, couldn't get him stopped. Then it was the very, it was the next day we had a big, like, ice and snowstorm and it was just shitty i i shouldn't have been in that tree uh, because by the time i got down it was just covered in ice the whole thing and and we had a bunch of high winds and he came out and most it was probably in i don't know between 40 and 50 yards but because of those high winds and that all that you know, rain and, and snow and sleet blowing in my face or whatever. I just never felt comfortable with the shot. I just thought, well, you know what? He's right. I've seen him four times now. I'm going to kill this deer. It's just a matter. And I never did. And that that's, that's the frustrating part about the rut because I feel like if it was early season or late season, I'd have figured out where he's coming out consistently or going back in and I would have got my crack because I would have been able to get close enough. That rut is just a, it's, it's just a crapshoot. You just yeah. got to have some late, you got to have some luck to go your way. If you're targeting, it's bad, but if you're just looking for a good one, <laughs> that's, that's yeah. when you yeah. strike, you know? Oh, for sure. And don't get me wrong. I've killed, I killed a buck in Iowa uh, this year. That's what he, he was cruising. You know, I just, I hung a set and, you know, uh, got in it and, 
and uh, shot that deer in the freaking pouring rain. Yeah, definitely challenging. Uh, we, like I said, I've killed a couple in October, and that's something we always talk about. Like, man, we just we gotta we gotta find them and get on them in October. And we worked hard at it last year, but we all the stuff we did last year is you know will help us this year because we know where not to to look now. Mm-hmm. So yeah, but uh, we're de- I definitely want to have you on again, like we talked about closer to season, and uh, we're gonna I want to break down you know the mobile the mobile trail cams in the early season and really dive deep in a lot of the tactics that you're using and how you're setting up on these deer, how close. So uh, listeners can be excited for that. But to kind of finish us off here, I wanted to start doing something like a life lesson. It could be hunting related. It could be work or whatever. So um, what do you got for our listeners? If you could give them one piece of knowledge that might help them out. Um. And I've said, and I've said this before, that I think one of the things that you have, one of the things that is always going to help you just be a better hunter is you have to, you have to get uncomfortable and you have to get out of your comfort zone. And if you just stay comfortable all the time in that cozy little spot and you're still not having that success, I think that you need to get uncomfortable, do some things that you typically wouldn't do and take some chances man that one hit that would hit hard that's exactly that we i needed to hear that <laughs> that shit. was just for you yeah, that was just <laughs> for me i think <laughs> i mean that that you're just so comfortable with killing and then when like in your mind you're not like i'm gonna lose three pieces that's yeah that's gonna happen but then it happens and you're like shit now yeah and you don't you lose those three four years you could have been honing that skill and now you're three four years behind so and the only way to learn is to get uncomfortable and yeah. mess up, just like yeah. starting over you when you to. first started hunting. You know, so I've messed up a ton. Yeah. I mean, I I mean, I think I probably honestly I think about the deer that I've screwed up on more than the ones I've ever shot, and those are the ones that I still think about a big ten, big ten with double drops. That I just screwed the I screwed the pooch on. I've screwed the pooch on some <laughs> absolute mega giants in my life. God, ah, uh, I don't know. Yeah, but that's what's gonna make you better. Too. Yeah, yeah. Snort wheezing, snort wheezing on big deer. Some reason, the big eight that was the one eighty three eight that the neighbor oh, shot. Yeah, snort wheezed at him. Gone. He was like, nope, sixty yards, thick cover. I was like, he could see where I was at. I was like, he can't see me. I stopped him, snort wheezed at him, nothing. I'm like, then last year, got a 190 out there, aggressive as hell all last year, aggressive on trail camera, aggressive on the scrapes, snort wheeze at him, nothing. I'm like, all right, snort wheeze, never doing that again (laughs) in my life. (laughs) If if I'm with someone, I'm going to be like, hey, snort wheeze, so I can blame it on you if this sucker runs away. (laughs) (laughs) So. All right. Well, we appreciate your time. Appreciate you coming on. And I know the listeners are going to get a lot of uh, value from this. And like I said, we want to have you back on uh, for later in the season when uh, more yeah. people are amped up about whitetails. Because it's just uh, our, the people that are listening now are the diehards. And then around uh, around October, November, you get a flood of people that are like, oh, crap, deer season's coming. I need to get some knowledge. <laughs> you know? So uh, <laughs> definitely be able to hit no, them I- and give them some tidbits. I appreciate you guys having me on. Um, yeah, I wish I was. Uh, um, I was. Oh, I was so worried about working on my basement over here. Like when I, I was like, oh shit, I need to get in there and get <laughs> ready because these guys are probably ready to go. And like, and I was putting away my finished nailer and doing all this kind of stuff and come rushing in. So I wasn't. I wasn't prepared that well, I guess. And, then either, and, so. and what were we? Yeah, not, not prepared at all. We, we get this guy in the line, and we got nothing set up. Homie's throwing cords and crap around. I'm setting stuff up, talking. That's just our style, too. When you have jobs and kids and try to do this kind of stuff, it's hard. So, we, like I said, we appreciate you taking the time um, out of your night. But uh, uh, we'll, we'll end her here. All right, man. They don't get much better for whitetail tactics. I mean, that that episode, absolutely loved it. Can't wait to have them on again. 
um, and really break down in some more details. We're kind of restricted on time because I got to go to work like right after I get done recording this. So we're kind of restricted on time to be able to have him come on and really rip on us. Mm-hmm. We need to have him on like a hour 30 minute podcast really breaking down what we got going on with the mri with the mobile cams because his mobile cam game is off the charts and that's how he's killing these deer so really excited to do that he uh he did bring up a good idea he said we need to get him and heath oh, in here yeah. on a podcast and i know heath listens yeah so heath, we need to make we're that gonna happen. make that happen heath yeah we've, we've had you on a couple times and huge respect to you it'd be cool to and we'll be able to see your face actually see your face and talk on the the video like we did with with justin so i'm excited for that and listeners if we can make that happen that is that is going to be two legendary ogs that That might be a two-parter yeah (laughs) that was just hella whitetail knowledge killing knowledge yeah all right guys like we always say try to do the right thing leave a legacy and whitetail legacy is out